back through center ice and across the line. Played it back into the slot. Nylander left his man. They score! Cole Caulfield can't score in the regular time. He has scored twice now in overtime as Willie Nylander left him right at the blue line. Another OT winner for Cole Caulfield, and the Leafs fall 3-2 in overtime. The five-game win streak is now over. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Leafs Nation post-game podcast. Nick Alberga and Gord Stelic with you at the Golden Muzzy at Gord Stelic on Twitter. Many thanks to producer Sam McKee for putting it all together. And certainly a quiet start to this game, but dramatic to say the least late. Dano ties it in overtime. And again, um, Cole Caulfield, second straight game, OT winner. And the Maple Leafs lose here to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, overtime was a hot mess, wasn't it, Gord? <laughs> what was that? It was, uh, yeah, you know what? That's I like that. What was that? Now, first, it started when Austin Matthews won the faceoff, but the team didn't win the faceoff. And uh, they said at the draw that you take possession for the first 45 seconds. I think they had it for the first 70. And then <laughs> after that... Like, are you serious? Like, like, I, like, you know, do you know how many times I was ready to start our podcast post game? Uh, and, um, and, and the weird part about all this, like, Hey, Hey, good on the Leafs. The Leafs are fine. Uh, well, let's hope they're healthy. And the Nick Foligno thing we'll talk about, but, uh, they get a point and all that stuff. But all of a sudden these kind of games now are the Montreal Canadians making a destiny that this assumed Leaf Montreal first round playoff series no longer will be. And that's the case because the Winnipeg Jets, as uh, we all know by now, listening in, uh, have lost to the Ottawa Senators uh, 2-1 here on, on Monday night, which means five games remaining for both Montreal and Winnipeg, and they're tied at 57 points. You're so right. We've been saying for a long time, Montreal-Toronto, Montreal-Toronto in the first round, and it would be intriguing that we couldn't even be headed that way, although I think to a degree Toronto does control Montreal's destiny because they play two more games against them, Gord. Oh, well, exactly, exactly. I got to tell you right now, the, the Winnipeg loss, one team I don't want to play as much is Ottawa in the playoffs. So, <laughs> you know, I don't fear anybody from the Toronto Bay Police, but Ottawa is a team I wouldn't want to play. So, but it's just a funny animal. There's that Toronto Montreal mystique, which was huge in the original six days. And then I think people keep getting caught by surprise how long it's actually been since there's been a playoff series. So now we've kind of got used to the last 10 days. This is the way it's going to be. And, you know, Maybe it'll turn out the way, maybe it'll be in the second round of the playoffs, the way things are going. But if the Maple Leafs, the next couple of games, you know, beat Montreal, then that makes it more than likely, or a bit more, more likely anyway, that it will be Leafs-Montreal in the first round. It will, and certainly I think we look at this game, Gord, uh, very inconsequential. Um, I don't know if I truly want to analyze, this, uh, analyze it as much as the other games because, quite honestly, it felt like a shinny skate, uh, more so for the Maple Leafs. Uh, we got that sense late. Uh, the last 10 minutes of this hockey game, I thought you were going to hop the boards to play with Matthews and Marner. We we're at that point, and certainly I think that was the biggest story, uh, notwithstanding, of course, the OT loss, but Nick Felino leaves. And they call it an upper body injury, but it sure looked lower body to Dr. Nick. Uh, yes, and I know your medical degree is the same as mine. And Dr. Craig Simpson said the same thing. Like it, boy, you know, we saw Joe Thornton take an innocent shot to the ribs and missed whatever number of games it was. At least we knew what area it was. And this was an innocent looking 
play. And for a guy that plays it really, really physical and Nick Felino, and then you thought, okay, you know, is, is it a hamstring, a groin, something like that? So, you know, maybe the, maybe the upper body part was way before, you know, the camera focused in. Maybe it was something that hit him. He could still skate, or maybe it happened a shift or two before and he gave it a try. But, uh, I, uh, this is exactly what you want to avoid. And this, you know, and we'll talk more about it, but this whole load management thing, you, you can't, uh, I mean, you, you just can't overprotect the, the injury situation can happen. You know, that that's just a reality in professional sports or any sport. And that's exactly it. You'll have the naysayers. Oh, you should have been resting so-and-so. No, like it, it could have happened either way, whether he was playing now or next game, right? I, I think certainly you want to get these guys in feeling good, especially a guy like Felino who quarantined for a week. He's probably the freshest out of the bunch and injuries do happen. And we hope he is back in time. Uh, maybe for next game, maybe, you know, for the Stanley Cup playoffs, of course. But we don't know the extent at this point in time. Uh, the Maple Leafs now 5-2-1 and one on the season against the Montreal Canadiens. But even watching this game, even seeing the fact that they lose it, Gord, th- there's nothing that really scares me about Montreal. Maybe Cole Caulfield. I didn't think he, did do, he, didn't, he didn't do much, in my opinion, outside of the OT winner. I think they kept him in check. And quite honestly, I truly feel like that's the only way Montreal can beat Toronto in a series if they play that style. I just don't know if they can do it four times out of seven. Well, again, if they play them, like I like the Leafs' chances against any Scotia yeah. North or Canadian division opponent. And uh, But it's funny about Cole Caulfield. And I, and I go back to knowing people that played a game Wayne, against Wayne Gretzky when he was 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, whatever it may be, and just said they thought they'd done a good job against him, but then they looked and he had five points. <laughs> now, Cole, now, Cole Caulfield is not going to get five points, but the point being is if you score a key goal – in like half the games, then by ver- you know by virtue of whatever else you do, you're doing a significant job because to your point, that's exactly what the Canadians lack. They lack that kind of scoring, and he's bringing a little bit of it. But uh, yeah, there, there's again Austin Matthews. I mean, we can go on and on and on. I mean, let's face oh. it, the Leafs are home and cooled out. But what they have, and I'm glad to see Morgan Riley getting some offense that way too, offensively. And when they get going, there's nobody. I don't know who can match it in the league. They're going, they're going to be up a little tougher if they get out of the Scotia North Division, but nobody can match it. And that, all due respect to McDavid and Dreisaitl and Edmonton, but can match it in the Scotia North. Every game, something new in terms of a goal scored by Austin Matthews. The tip in this one, uh, I, I you had the feeling he was going to score an empty netter to ice it and bring him 40, but in overtime, on a platter, you got your two best players on a 2 on 0 and I think everybody watching, everybody in that building knew the puck was going to end up at the end on Matthews' stick, and he misses the net. How about that? The best goal scorer on the planet misses the net on a 2 on Gord. Yeah, could he be going out of town, Nick? What do you think? The inconsistency of Austin Matthews? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's struggling. It just, it, you know, the beauty is he scored a number of goals this year when you least expect it, and, and it looks innocent, and he makes it. But that's why you play the games. That's always why you play the games. And something about the late tie-up, and... Toronto, you know, Toronto season was set uh, a while ago when they came back from behind, tied Montreal and won in overtime. There's something about tying a game in regulation, I think, and I, I have no statistics in front of me to prove it or not, but momentum-wise, there, there, there's really a change that way, and, and maybe even luck-wise, because the game really should have been ended by Toronto in overtime. But something about when Montreal tied it up, all of a sudden there's this, there's this aura to me that goes in that team's favor. 
Yeah, not to make excuses, but it's not like the Maple Leafs put the clamps down defensively in the final moments of this game, considering they tried every guy possible with Matthews and Marner. Lilligren saw a lot of the ice. Again, as Gord uh, mentioned, this team is set for the Stanley Cup playoffs. Uh, Their fate has been sealed for a while, and they're looking at some different combinations. But, you know, it's interesting from the aspect, too, if, you know, they go ahead and do end up finding a way to play the Winnipeg Jets. You know, looking back at this game, that Toronto had it and then blew it, eh, Gord? Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we're not looking at it the same way like we yeah. would have in those things, but uh, it's, yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I, I don't know how to gauge these games, Nick, you know, so you're it's right. If, and anytime somewhere else you would say you had a two, one lead and you blew it late in the game. But uh, again, there were a lot of positives and you're rolling the lines, you're getting everybody involved. So there's a whole different agenda that way. But weeks ago, that would have been the case. They crossed that last hurdle where they made some statements and games they had to. And, you know, right now you want to, you know, you want to carry on some kind of mojo. Like you want to play a little bit better than this, but this wasn't a horrible game, but you know, you just want to, you you, you, you want to catch the wave that St. Louis blues seem to be on right now. Like I, like I'm talking, not just the Leafs, but every team in the NHL, you want to, you want to catch a wave where you're playing your best hockey when the regular season ends, heading into the playoffs. Bottom line, we're not going to lose sleep about this uh, OT loss. Cole Caulfield, the winner. 29 saves for Jake Allen. Uh, 20 saves for Jack Campbell, I thought was really, really good once again in this game. Agree or disagree? Um, this power play could lose Toronto a series. Boy, I can't drag it out. You know, I keep dragging out that I'm perplexed by it. I have no worries <laughs> about it, right? Well, yeah. the second part... I have no worries about it, but I'm going to answer your question. Yes. Yes. Now, I still don't think in the Scotia North it can. I think when you're, uh, like, I have no idea if you get here. Here here we're putting them by two rounds, and they haven't won a playoff round in 17 years, right? I know. But but it's it's kind of there to me where it gets a little bit little bit more dicier. But, yeah, like, a, like, a, like special teams and goaltending are especially important in the playoffs. Um, even, even if they – carried on this malaise the rest of the season you hope a switch would flip in game number one but it, it, it's it's really baffling and to answer your question I, I really hope we're not sitting there and talking after a playoff upset about a power play that went 0-4 say for argument's sake 23 or 1 for 23 and what's the difference they're four for the last 60 is the Toronto power play and we saw for the most part Rasmus Sandin run PP1 and I think it was quite evident throughout this game. Toronto was giving some looks, right? Uh, a lot of their big boys played almost the full two minutes every power play they got. It was quite clear that they had an objective in mind, and winning it was probably not at the top of the list. They wanted to have some looks, see who works well together, some combinations. We saw Lilligren playing some key opportunities and moments, and that's what you're pretty much going to get. And I know it's become you know tiresome at this point, Montreal and Toronto, but we still got two more of this uh Week series uh, for Toronto, at least. I know there's a game sneaking in there between Ottawa and Montreal as well. But uh, what would you do on Wednesday for the Maple Leafs? Well, I would show up for starters. Jeez. <laughs> I, I, um, you know, like, I, I really want to see Freddie get some games. I don't think, I'm sure it's not going to be Wednesday, but at some point. Um, I like the rotation, you know, that he's doing about getting players in. And um, that way, I like, I don't know if you like, I want to like to get the special teams going, Nick. And, and you know, talking, talking to Jim Neal, the general manager of the Dallas Stars, we talked about it last time. This is what Vancouver's going through now. Like he mentioned when they had their second stoppage due to weather in Texas, they had one for COVID. 
they have not, the Dallas Stars, had a regular practice in like five weeks. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. And Vancouver wow. will go through that. Now, every other team is challenged that way. Now, the Maple Leafs will have an opportunity. And I, I just... I just don't know about what, what is it? Did you, do you practice the power? Is, is that all you practice? Do you ignore it? I, I mean, that's the only thing I'm concerned about. Everything else I'm fine with. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Certainly, I think if you were to pull me right now, my list of concerns for the Maple Leafs, I think it stops and ends with that power play. Because again, I have faith. And again, injuries are a part of the game. Uh, hopefully it's nothing bad on Nick Felino. Hopefully Zach Hyman's back. You know, hopefully Riley, Riley Nash is a guy who factors into a decision come playoff time too. But the power play is just, you know, I'm starting to get a bit concerned considering it's not like this is a two-week thing, Gord. It's like a, you know, a six- to eight-week thing where they really can't do much on the power play. They had some looks in this game, but it's still, it's just unbelievable to remember the first, what, month and a half of the season where it was like two power play goals a game they were scoring. And ever since not the case and this has been a theme with this team the last couple of years so yes i'm concerned about it yeah no it is it is and i i i think of sitting with mark savard you know when he did it the one year and his abilities on the power play then his year coaching the st louis blues and they had a really improved power play to third overall and here we are two years later and uh yeah it it, it like it doesn't make sense because it, that kind of power play, we should not be talking about the team making the playoffs. But this is a team mm-hmm. that's in first place in the division, has played really well, and it's it's really bizarre. And and actually, we said a while, the power play, its shortcomings got hidden by the fact the penalty killing was struggling. But at least the penalty killing's back on track. You know, it's funny, just um, perusing around social media right now, I almost forgot that uh, our guy... Um, Ilya Mikheyev, a.k.a. Michael Grabner, had a semi-breakaway with the empty net, and of course he missed, right? The game could have been over. We could have been done this podcast by now, Gord. <laughs> like, with goalies, without goalies. You got to admire his consistency, Nick. You gotta He's going to win the Conn Smythe. He's gonna w- I'm calling it right now. Ilya Mikheyev is going to score five goals in the playoffs, Gord. Okay, okay, let's get to this. Okay, let's get to this. The Conn Smythe. I kid about it. I said last time, Alex Kerfoot got... His yeah. best game was the most meaningless game. It was the one exhibition game in the bubble, right? He scored <laughs> twice. Okay. And I throw Kerfoot in the mix there that, okay, like one of them, somebody, when if we're talking about second round of the playoffs for the Maple Leafs or third round, and I really hope and believe we will be, like we're going to be talking about somebody coming through, you know, with, with three goals in that series, whatever, whatever, some like one of those guys. So you're 100% right about, okay, timing is everything. And for – all these guys, you know, I don't know, Joe Thorne, put them all there, whatever. Like somebody else is going to have to come through, which has not happened since 2004. Yeah, at this this point, like I've pretty much looped Mikheyev into the conversation of Nikolai Kuhleman. Like he, he's to a T, Nikolai Kuhleman. You know, you could get Do you think he'll get the contract? Uh, probably somewhere, maybe not Toronto, <laughs> uh, but uh, it just, it's not, inf- I guess infuriating is a strong word, but how many opportunities he has to score goals, empty net or not, and he just can't produce. And as a least supporter, you just hope playoff time. It's like, oh, here we go. We start scoring goals. Because certainly, you know what Matthews and Tavares and everybody's going to bring to the table, but you need those goals from your death players. No doubt about that. Um, last couple of things, Gord, I wanted to touch on something that we don't normally bring up because I think it's so cliche. I thought the officiating was horrendous in this game. I don't know if you felt the same way. Some ticky-tack calls on the Maple Leafs, and uh, they let a couple things go on the Maple Leafs, too. It's not like I'm so pro-Leafs here. I think both sides, I, it was questionable. It was like they had a, a mandate to have a you know a high-scoring hockey game or something. 
Um, and it's funny too because uh, low scoring games were the theme of the weekend. I don't know how mm. you did how you bet on your over and unders and your yeah because um, you're you're really good at that. But I, I um I agree I agree and it kind of showed like like I hate, I hate to say there's kind of an exhibition feel to these games because <laughs> I know I don't I don't I don't think Montreal quite <laughs> feels like that. So it's kind of a one way exhibition feel. But I agree with you. If it was the playoffs, I'd be pissed off about some of the calls and not just against Toronto. You're hundred percent like and. Was it, was it, I mean, the Nylander one was a joke. Like, come on, like. The Galchenyuk like, one? How about that one? Excuse me. Yeah, 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 yeah. The, <laughs> sorry, yeah, no, there's a few of them. And sort of the Galchenyuk one was the one I'm talking about. And yeah. the point being is, all I care about officials is, you know, and, and I loved refing. I refed at a much lower level than the NHL. But don't call what you don't see. Mm-hmm. So if you miss something, you miss something. It happens, okay? But don't call what you thought you saw and that that's what really irked me in that particular case like you know it was so obvious so yeah i i uh, i well and again part of playoffs and it wasn't a factor tonight in the outcome of the game but it is to or anytime if you're a really good team and that's it and that's why we're challenging mccaff and we're challenging kerfoot we're saying like you know what being freddie goche is not good enough this year that's not good enough like it's not it's 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 okay when you're rebuilding and whatever it may be but no it's 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 not good enough you, you need a better third line out there because this team's really talking about winning the Stanley Cup. I mean, that's getting a little heady, but they're certainly talking about the expectation getting out of the conference and being in the final four. So, you know, they're, 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 there's a whole different criteria you're being judged by. So how do you feel about this team with four games remaining, Gord? You know, the last couple of days I've had a chance to just think about this season, how great it's been. I always like to bring up Tampa a couple of years ago. They had a historic season, but that's not what we remember. We remember them getting swept by the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's just my hope that the Maple Leafs respect the opponent because they've had just such a tremendous year. But for some reason, and I'm not the only Leafs fan out there, I just, something you brought up earlier, they haven't won a series in 17 years. So I don't think by any stretch you should be being cocky. You know, Leafs Nation in general should be being cocky with whoever they play. You know, confident is one thing. Cocky is another thing, either if it's Winnipeg uh, or the Montreal Canadiens, because that just resonates to us Leafs fans that it's been 17 years since they won a playoff series. So start there. Uh, But certainly, you know, I do, you know, we like to bring it up last year, Gord. We had a different feel, right? Like Tampa just felt differently, right? As they entered the bubble, they just felt differently. And I don't know about you, but I get that sense, that feeling with this Maple Leafs team. Maybe I'm completely wrong. The sense on social media seems to be the same with this Leafs team. You just hope they put it all together and we don't run out game one and they lose a hockey game and like, here we go again, right? I I, I really like where they are, Nick. I think you articulated it well. I really like the feel and the vibe. I don't think they disrespected the opponent. They just weren't, especially last time, ready for the opponent. And it's funny. They've been in the playoffs for a few years, but I think way back when, going back to 2004, 3, 2, 1, whatever it may be, and uh, our our local school is John Wanless Public School. And Mm -hmm. I can just remember our daughter, who's not as big a hockey fan as her son, like how crazy it is, right? Everybody is wearing leaf stuff, right? Everybody is wearing leaf stuff. And there was one teacher, Mr. Gaunt, he would always wear the sweater of the opposing team. So oh, like wow. he wore the Ottawa Senators sweater, just, you know, really good guy, really good teacher. But he would wear that sweater. And then there was the Flyers. Remember, like Jeremy Roenick was on mm-hmm. the Flyers, whatever. But 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 there was that incredible, we saw it with the Raptors a couple of years ago, right? There was that, they're saying, there's that phenomenal, and hey, post-COVID, or we're not, we're not post-COVID, 
But enduring COVID, do we not deserve this in a way about that incredible vibe, that incredible buzz, that inc- that incredible trip we go on? And you and I, man, to be mm-hmm. able to be on radio and, and 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 to ride that wave that way would be phenomenal. And 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 that's what I really hope for, Nick. And and I got to tell you, that's what I really believe is going to be the case in 2021. Well, let's hope it is that way. Certainly, Gord, we look forward to the next regular season installment of the Leafs and Habs coming up on Thursday night. And the last two, of course, at Scotiabank Arena. We'll have the uh, the podcast once again. And hopefully we're uh, we're talking about a Maple Leafs victory. And more importantly, number 40 for Austin Matthews, I would say, is imminent at this point. Boy, was he pumped about 39 or what? Huh? Was he ever pumped? Uh, <laughs> I think it matters uh, to him. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, I guess it doesn't matter to him. And and, and and there's no monetary bonuses, which used to be the case. Like we yeah. used to kid about it. You see someone get a gold or get an assist. And if you knew the bonus thing, yeah, like you yeah. knew why they were extra happy that way. And uh, yeah, I, I, just, I just love, I just love the statement he is giving the league and what he's showing. And we get to benefit by watching it all. All right, Gordo. Excellent stuff. We'll talk on Thursday night. Okay. Sounds good. All right, there you have it, Gord Stelic. The final once again on Monday. The Leafs fall, but eh, it is what it is. The five-game win streak is over. 3-2 the final in OT uh, for the Montreal Canadiens. Cole Caulfield the winner, but again now a six-game point streak for the Maple Leafs. Now four games away from the Stanley Cup playoffs and maybe a bit more intrigue as we wait to find out. Maybe it is in Montreal as we head into Tuesday's action. Montreal and Winnipeg, each five games remaining, and they're tied in points. So how about that? For Gord Stelic, I'm Nick Alberga. Many thanks to Sam McKee as well. We'll talk on Thursday night. Take care.